Hey there, everyone. I hope you are doing well. This is Stephanie, your host of the Legacy Through Motherhood podcast. And today we are going to start our conversation on finances. My hope is that wherever you are in this journey, that you leave this episode feeling encouraged and challenged in some capacity. I am fully aware that this is a difficult conversation to have for many reasons, but I have to tell you that this is an area I am not going to tiptoe around. The point of this topic being one of the five topics I talk about is because I think finances actually should not be so taboo to discuss with others. Actually, I think that part of the reason so many people struggle in this area is because we don't talk about it. I hope this episode opens your eyes to some ways we can create a sort of on-ramp to begin appropriate financial conversations with the people we love and care so deeply about. Because the truth is, is that some of our best friends and the people closest to us are struggling greatly with finances, and we could be none the wiser. But when you are in an unstable financial situation, it can be so devastating and embarrassing, and seemingly hopeless, especially when everyone around you seems to not have the same struggles that you do. So we are not going to shy away from this conversation. We are actually going to lean into it because there is so much at stake here. For one, finances are the second leading cause for divorce, and that's only behind infidelity. And actually, let's get a little deeper into statistics really quick from two different sources so we can all get on the same page. I will post all these links for the stats that I talk about in this episode in my show notes so you don't need to feel like you need to memorize them all or write them down, okay? According to Dave Ramsey and his research in October of 2018, the average American consumer debt load was $34,000. And when we talk consumer debt, we are talking about credit cards, school loans, cars, and whatever else, okay? This is not your mortgage or your investments. Also, millennials have acquired almost as much debt as the generation before them, and they have had significantly less time to acquire it. Then a recent survey from Charles Schwab, which if you've never heard his name, he's just a huge investor and a financial executive that's worth over, I don't know, like $8 billion or something crazy. Anyways, he did a survey and this is what he found. 59% of Americans, 59% are living paycheck to paycheck. 38% of people do not have an emergency fund at all. 20% of people do not have a dime saved for retirement. 60% of people wonder how friends can afford expensive experiences posted on social media. Isn't that interesting? Only 28% of Americans have a financial written plan. 46% have thought about that financial plan, but they just don't have one. And then 13% have never even thought about a financial plan. Those numbers are pretty eye-opening, and I hope that they encourage you, if nothing else, to know that you are not alone. But I also hope that it really spurs you on to take the next best step financially, no matter where you are. Because really, it's not acceptable, you guys, to live in a constant state of scarcity when we were made and created to live abundantly. 
John 10.10 says this, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I, Jesus, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So there is a reason that debt and mismanaging our money makes us feel scared and anxious and worried and like we have lost control. The Bible also says that the borrower is a slave to the lender. We don't want to be in that place. That is not where we were created to live. We were created to live an abundant life. And to be clear, that does not mean having millions. It just means that we have the freedom of choice within our finances. Living abundantly with your finances can really mean so many things. But for this point, I'm talking about living below your means and building in some margin so you aren't constantly consumed by the financial burden just of running your home and running your life and allowing you to actually focus on and bless those around you. When you find yourself in a financial situation, you either, I don't know, never thought you would be in, or maybe you got caught up in the life and the hustle around you and then just looked up one day to find that you are far worse off <laughs> than you had ever even realized. There are a couple steps that you can take. And think about it this way. If you are driving down the highway and you realize you are going in the wrong direction, what do you do? Do you just keep going like 90 miles an hour in the wrong direction, hoping it will eventually lead you to where you want to go? Or do you get off at the closest exit, turn on your GPS, put the correct destination in, and then wait for it to give you that step-by-step -step direction before you start diving again, before you start driving again. <laughs> of course, we would choose the second option. And then once you have the correct directions, doesn't it only make sense to start taking those steps and to start heading in that correct direction? You would be intentional to correct your mistakes and work back towards the destination you want to get to one step at a time. And this can be scary stuff, but there is a way out. But you do have to understand that it takes awareness. It takes the humility to stop and to get off the exit. The wisdom just to even know where to find the information that will get you back on the right path. And then the grit to just take the steps to get back on track, even if, and especially if, that means making some sacrifices. And the struggle here is that our culture idolizes nice things and they make everything seem affordable. I know this car is $40,000, but it's $0 today and really I only have to pay $500 a month for the next eight years, right? Businesses take big ticket items and turn them into something bite-sized so that you lose sight of the bigger picture. And the point is that it is a slow fade, which is why one day we look up and we can actually be shocked at how we are in that paycheck to paycheck grind. And by the way, you can make a million dollars a year and still be paycheck to paycheck. So if you are in a very high paying job and you bring in a lot of money, don't fool yourself into thinking you are wealthy because you can afford nice things. If you don't have margin or the ability to save, or better yet, bless others, newsflash, <laughs> you aren't wealthy. You are living at or above your means. 
Having margin in your finances is a prerequisite to building wealth. Do you know why wealthy people have money? Because they don't spend it all trying to look wealthy. They live below their means. And the goal for today's discussion is to be informational and thought-provoking, and it will be more about figuring out where you stand with your finances than anything else. In my opinion, the hardest part about finances is that they are ever-changing. Unless you are on a fixed income, then they are literally ever-changing. And on top of that, the seasons of our life can present significant financial changes, and sometimes we slip into a new season without foreseeing the financial challenges that come with it. Our spending will look a lot different before kids than they do after, or they look different now that you're married, or maybe you decided to be a stay-at-home mom and they look different because your lifestyle had to change. Maybe something medical came up, or there was a job loss, or even a raise. Whatever it may be, I think it's easy to get all flipped around and upside down, and if we don't constantly have a pulse on our financial life, we could end up somewhere we never meant to be. So my goal for this episode is simply to help you identify where you are and help to reorient you to the direction you are trying to go, to that direction that you meant to go. We are about to dive into six levels you could find yourself in when it comes to finances, and I want you to think about each level I talk about and figure out where you land. The first time I heard these six levels was from Mary Kay National Sales Director Leah Lachlan in a money class she taught on Facebook last year, and during one of her teachings, she talked about these six levels I'm about to share with you, and it was the first time I had ever heard them named and put in this way. I believe Zig Ziglar started this conversation with these levels and others have kind of branched off of it and put their own spin on it, but I thought it was just really powerful because if we don't know where we are, then we can't really figure out where we need to go. These six levels start from the quote unquote bottom and then build upon one another. But regardless of where you fall, I want you to really listen to each of the levels for a couple of reasons. Number one, I want you to know what level you currently fall in, but I also want you to listen closely to the next level in your journey. Let this cast a vision of where you are headed if you can stay focused and continue to take healthy financial steps. This should motivate you to be disciplined and to stick to the process because you have a goal to achieve and you will be able to see the rewards of that next stage. And number two, I want you to listen to each level and think about the people in your life that you love the most. What level would you put them in? Is there anyone that you could encourage with some of these resources I will be giving? Is there someone in your life that may need some help restructuring their budget or even like a free date night because they can't afford a sitter, but their marriage still matters? I don't have the reach that you guys do, but in everything we talk about in this podcast, I hope that you can take something away because either when I'm talking, you feel like I am talking directly to you or I am talking and I am reminding you of someone that may need to hear this and sure, (laughs) feel free to share this podcast. I would love it. But what's even more powerful is if you take the information and resources I've given here and sit down for a coffee with someone you have a personal relationship with and walk alongside them on their journey as a mentor.
First, I will tell you each of the six levels. Then I will go back and elaborate on what each one looks like. And finally, I will do a very quick recap of them and just give you helpful resources for each level. The six levels are level one, struggling. Level two, surviving. Level three, stable. Level four, security. Level five, surplus. And level six, significance. Level one is struggling, and at this level, you are in tons of consumer debt, and you don't see a way out. You have no choices, and it is hard or almost impossible to imagine financial freedom right now. In this level, you are coming up short every month, and maybe not even meeting basic needs, and finding yourself or your family needing to rely on outside support, such as food banks or government and local community outreach programs at times. Level two is surviving. And at this level, you are living paycheck to paycheck. You are just making it. And while you're not really going into more debt, you aren't adding anything to savings either. You don't typically have an emergency fund here and are not putting anything away for retirement or a college fund for your children. When people ask everyone to bring, I don't know, like a $10 secret Santa gift for work, this stresses you out because you need that $10 for gas this week. This is a hard stage because you are in a constant hustle. Level three is stable. At this level, you have enough cash flow to cover expenses and you have a reliable income to do so. You are able to breathe here. <laughs> you have some choices for extra things, maybe like a random coffee or a monthly date night, but you don't really have any long or short-term goals. You may have a small emergency fund and some months you are able to put some money away for savings, but other months things come up and there's just not really anything left over. Level four is security. At this level, you have plenty to pay the bills. You are starting to have some more choices. You are constantly putting away money, maybe even an automatic withdrawal from your paycheck. You are starting to have some clear short-term goals. And many people feel like this is where the sweet spot is, especially if they have arrived here after the grind of the previous levels. This is where the majority of people live. Typically, you have some lower payments on cars and, and credit cards and whatever else, but since you can pay them, it's not really an immediate stressor. You have enough to get by and enough for maybe like a simple vacation with your family every year, and you don't wake up stressing about money, so you feel like you may have arrived at this point, but there are two more levels. <laughs> Level five is surplus. At this level, you have more than enough and you consistently have more than enough. You and others would consider yourself pretty wealthy. You have the option here to be generous without it really infringing on your ability to live the life that you want to live. You can afford some luxury in your life and you have experiences at this stage now that you can afford and can even share this affluence with those that are in your inner circle. Now, if you are at this level, I would challenge you to make sure you are stewarding the excess you have well. 
when you no longer need to pay a ton of attention to where your finances are going because you have such a surplus, it is so easy to start mismanaging your money or treating these blessings carelessly. You may not drop down a level at this point for making some poor decisions financially because typically your money is most likely working for you. But are you respecting the penny and really stewarding this wealth in a way that glorifies God? I would challenge you at this level to really ask yourself if you are telling your money where to go or are you living in a mindset of I can do whatever I want and have whatever I want. (laughs) And remember, friends, it is good It is good to practice self-denial at times, but especially when you hit this stage. And finally, level six is significance. At this level, you have such a large amount of surplus that you can start contributing to others. You can really start to make an impact in the world with your finances. At this point, another $5 or $5,000 or $500,000 does not really matter that much because You have more money than you could possibly need. So now you can turn your focus outward and start laying down some money in ways that can make an impact that could last generations. Think about Bill Gates and his desire to eradicate malaria. I mean, he is making a huge impact, but you don't have to be a billionaire to hit the significance level. It is really more about becoming outwards focused and having the excess financial means to make a lasting impact. Mark 9:33 through 35 says this. After they arrived at Capernaum and settled in a house, Jesus asked his disciples, "What were you guys discussing out there on the road?" But they didn't answer because they had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Take it from the most significant man that has ever lived. Significance is about servitude. Now, I'm going to go back through each of these levels and give some resource recommendations. And just a fair warning, most of the resources I am recommending today are from Dave Ramsey. Following his roadmap to becoming debt-free is how Justin and I got our finances in order. We have seen countless friends and family members personally change their financial situation for the better by following his process, and in my opinion, he is the best and most accessible resource to go to when you are struggling with your finances. So for the sake of some fluidity as you move through the levels, I will be heavy on the Dave Ramsey resources in this podcast. If you don't like Dave Ramsey's approach or delivery and you're struggling with finances, what I am going to lovingly say is get over it, (laughs) okay? Because his methods work. I told you guys in the What to Expect episode that my mom and stepdad were literally on Dave Ramsey's show and have a golden trophy of scissors cutting up a credit card sitting on their mantle to prove it? Well, they actually got serious about paying off debt when I was in high school. So thanks to Dave Ramsey, (laughs) I got to experience firsthand his slogan of living like no one else so that later you can live like no one else. 
Although not having the latest phone or newest fashion or whatever my teenage mind thought that I needed felt painful and maybe even unfair at the time, their example of how simple discipline can lead to amazing transformation was such a gift that I started to appreciate later. And through drastic lifestyle changes, my parents paid off $68,000 of debt in about one and a half years with six kids and then continued until they ultimately paid off their mortgage 10 years later. And they came to Justin and I after we got married and they told us we needed to check out Dave Ramsey. And you guys, I could not roll my eyes further back into my head. (laughs) Me and Dave Ramsey were not friends. I will post a picture on my Instagram story and in our Facebook group for this podcast of my mom gifting me one Christmas, Dave Ramsey's program. And I am like rolling my eyes like, seriously, this was one of my gifts this Christmas. (laughs) But she knew what we needed more than I did. Dave's process got me and my husband out of debt early in our marriage and reoriented our financial journey so we could avoid some of the poor decisions and hardships many young couples go through as they navigate their finances. So yes, There are technically different programs and different people out there that may offer something Dave Ramsey may not. But if you are flipped all upside down or need to get tighter with finances, he is the most trusted, the most accessible, and has the easiest, in my opinion, step-by-step process out there. So I will be giving one to two resources for each of these levels. And if finances is an area that you are really ready to lean into, then I challenge you to read one of these books over the next five weeks until we come back to finances again. So for the struggling level, which is where you are coming up short every month and you don't see a way out, I would recommend two things. First, I would recommend Dave Ramsey's podcast because, well, it's free and because he covers such a wide variety of topics on there and it's all calls of real people asking him for advice. It is a great way to hear a new perspective on finances. And second, I would really just say that if you are in this area, what you really should invest in is a mentor, someone who you trust and you could be open with and that has some knowledge on finances to help pull you out of the hole that you are in. There is power in accountability and in someone with fresh eyes taking a look at what is happening. For the surviving level, and remember, this is the paycheck to paycheck level, I would suggest Dave Ramsey's book called Total Money Makeover. It's about $10 if you want to purchase it for yourself, or you can check it out for free at the library. This really uncovers his step-by-step process and helps get you into a budget that works for you and your family and starts you on that road to financial freedom. For the stable level, which is when you're no longer in that paycheck to paycheck grind, which is a blessing, but you still aren't putting as much away as you would like to be, and you aren't giving as generously as you would like to be either. I would recommend Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University program, which is around $130, and it is typically held through a church and intended for both you and your spouse to attend together. It is a nine-week program with training videos and a workbook for you guys to work through, and it covers topics from getting out of debt, common insurance questions, retirement, building wealth, and just so much more. 
I have actually taught Financial Peace University, and the videos are wonderful. They are very engaging and packed with just so much value. I would also recommend the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiowski, and I probably say that wrong, Um, but this book is very interesting, and it is about Robert's two dads, his real father, which was the poor dad, and the father of his best friend, which was the rich dad, and the ways in which both men shaped his thoughts about money and investing. For the security level, where you are not really worrying about money as much because you have some savings and some excess, but you really want to start building wealth and aren't quite sure how to do that, I would recommend two books. One is The Millionaire Next Door by Thomas J. Stanley and William D. Danko. This book talks about the surprising secrets of millionaires today and how they just live in the day to day. This book debunks myths that millionaires are all walking around in $5,000 suits and driving around Porsches. It really shows the simple way most millionaires actually live, and it's built around modesty and discipline and generosity. The second book I would recommend at this stage is Smart Money, Smart Kids from Rachel Cruz. This book is by far the best book I have ever read when it comes to teaching your kids about money because it is filled with just tons of practical ideas that are so simple and they're just so simple to implement for all ages. At the surplus level, which is where we have a lot of excess, no debt, and maybe even no mortgage at this point, and really at the point of being able to give abundantly and really start to build wealth, And at this level, I would recommend Thou Shall Prosper. It is written by a Jewish rabbi, Daniel Lappin, and it is all about the Ten Commandments of building wealth. And his main point is that building wealth is biblical. And really, if you are creating something of value to people and people are paying for it, all while keeping your integrity, then more power to you. The second book I would suggest is Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan. This book is a book based on the largest study ever conducted, which is on like 10,000 U.S. millionaires. And you'll learn that building wealth has almost nothing to do with your income or your background, and it debunks myths such as like rich people have high-paying jobs, when the truth is is that many millionaires that were surveyed never even made six figures in a year. And that last level is significance. This is where you become outwards focused and you really have the financial means to throw down on something big that will last for generations. If you are at this point, let's face it, you got here because you have lived in these resources and likely many others and have put the learnings into practice in your life. You should probably be telling me what resources I should be checking out, but either way, for this level, I would suggest Dave Ramsey's program called The Legacy Journey. This is similar to financial peace, but it's more focused on investing, estate planning, and building generational wealth. So those are the quick and easy resources for someone who wants to be thinking about leveling up when it comes to their finances. And I know 
I know, you guys, it is so taboo to talk about money in today's culture, but if we don't start the conversation, share our struggles and successes, and encourage one another through the journey, then while you may be able to have success, someone you love, your sister or your friend, could be sitting next to you with a brave face, hiding the pain and the stress and the anxiety of being paralyzed by their finances. They could be headed face first into a collapsing marriage due to financial ruin and all they need, all they need is someone they love, someone they trust to come alongside of them, show them God's love and grace and teach them the steps to overcome and move beyond these challenges. Going back to that survey I was talking about earlier, let me read you some percentages from each generation that will spend more than they can afford just to do stuff with friends. Gen Z, 41% of Gen Z. Millennials, 48%. 48% will spend more than they can afford just to do stuff with friends. Gen X, you guys are doing pretty good, but it's still 31%. And baby boomers, 16%. And let's throw a scenario out here. Let's say you and two girlfriends have a monthly girls night where you go all out with dinner and drinks and the whole nine. And let's just say each of those nights you spend, I don't know, on average, like $50 to $100. And for you, it is the best night. You don't have a care in the world. You have budgeted for this night and are paying with a debit card that is linked to your checking account. And it is all good. But your best friend, your best friend that is sitting right across from you on that same exact night, that friend that you just talked all the things with, from their marriage to their kids to their job to their struggles and their frustrations, things they're really proud of and everything in between. Your best friend is paying with a credit card that is almost maxed out because she just wants to be a part of these dinners. She just wants to have the girls' night with you even though she cannot afford it. But you would never know. You would never know because we don't have those conversations with each other. But if you knew, if you knew they were either trying to get out of debt or were just stuck and did not know how to get out of debt and how stressful that situation was, would you care? (laughs) Would you care if you just went and grabbed a $4 coffee instead of a $50 dinner and drinks every single week or month or whatever it is? Of course you wouldn't. You would just want her company. (laughs) So once you've started kind of like drinking the Kool-Aid and are making smart money choices, let's not leave our friends and family behind or pressure them to be a part of a pricey outing just to be a part of things. And I want to talk to both sides of this very briefly. First, if you are on the side where you are stretching yourself to keep up with your best friends, girl, I challenge you to speak up. Suggest something different. Suggest having dinner at home together or just go get some coffees. And not to sound so cliche, but if they are really your best friends, then they just want you. They could care less about the atmosphere. It will be okay. 
And if you are on the side of having excess, I would challenge you to listen. Listen to what your people are saying. Listen when they seem hesitant to agree to a pricing outing or a restaurant. Listen when they suggest a place that has some options for pricing so they have some control over what they spend, even if you really, really love whatever expensive restaurant you typically go to. Okay, so hopefully you have somewhat of an idea where you are. Typically, in order to level up, you need to take a hard look at yourself and your finances and then just kind of reorient yourselves to make some decisions. And again, I want to remind you that this topic is first about getting yourself situated with money and back on track, but it is also to hopefully make you stop and look around at some of the closest people to you and start having those beginner money conversations. That could look as simple as calling up your friend and saying, hey girl, quick question. Do you guys still have student loans? I have been struggling with all of this student debt and I am just trying to figure out a plan or a strategy to get this paid off. And since student loans, you guys are so prevalent, she will likely then feel comfortable to share her similar situation. And you all can just begin talking about strategies and setting goals and figuring out how you can help one another stay accountable. And I only use that example because the majority of people have student loans. So the topic is less taboo and can kind of ease finances into a conversation in a non-abrasive way. Another easy situation would be if you are out with a girlfriend shopping and she's getting a bunch of stuff and you're not, and then when she says, why aren't you getting anything? You could just say, eh, I just kind of went a little overboard on my credit card this last year or month or whatever it is, and I'm just really working to pay it off. I mean, you guys, those situations are so normal when people kind of get over their head and debit and credit card debt on accident, right? And it's unfortunate, but it's totally normal. And you saying that may free her to be like, oh my gosh, me too, girl. And she might even put her stuff back and boom, conversation starter, okay? We all want those raw and real and vulnerable friendships that push us to be better. But are we willing to be vulnerable in those relationships? Are you sitting across from your favorite person in the entire world and have no idea that she is just in over her head? I am not saying you need to know more than what is appropriate in anyone's financial situation, but let's stop acting like everything is fine when in reality, things may not be fine. Maybe then most people in our friend group would be able to breathe a sigh of relief, feeling like they are finally being seen and that the people that love them the most are not unknowingly their greatest source of pressure. So let's talk about one of the most impactful things you can do to take back control of your finances. That is tracking. Over the next five weeks, I want you to track what you are spending. I don't need you to make a budget or even cut expenses. We aren't even there yet. I just want you to track what you are spending. And there are a couple ways to do this. First, you can literally bring a notebook around and anytime you spend money, write it down. 
You could use the Note apps in your phone for this as well. This is pretty sobering because if you want to buy a pack of gum, you got to write it down. <laughs> if you want to buy some Oreos, you got to write it down, okay? Everything you do, you have to physically take and write it down. And so I would personally suggest this first option because I think it's very sobering and I think that it really forces you to realize like, oh, <laughs> I don't really want to write this down on my notebook. So maybe I should not get this, I don't know, McDonald's or Arby's or whatever. Maybe I should just go home and make my, you know, food at home. The second thing that you can use is an app that's like mint.com and that's M-I-N-T.com where basically you link all of your cards up to this free software and it breaks down your spending into categories and it just automatically uploads every single time um, you make a purchase. And this is probably the easiest method as it does work for you. However, unless you are taking the time to evaluate and look back at the patterns, it can kind of be a little less effective because you're not feeling the weight of it as much as having to like write it down in a notebook. And tracking leads to awareness and awareness leads to change. So if you feel the pull to rein it in with your spending over these next five weeks, then go for it. But my only goal for you is to track your money for those next weeks. And just a heads up, this can be awkwardly eye-opening. We typically lose control because we nickel and dime ourselves to death with small purchases. It usually is not the big purchases that put us under. Justin and I did this when we first got married and after this whole Dave Ramsey talk with my parents, and we both had good incomes. We didn't have kids and we pretty much had no expenses. And we got our cards loaded into mint.com and you guys... We spent almost $1,600 on going out to eat in one month. We basically lived in a constant date night mode at Red Robin and Chipotle and Don Pablo's and wherever else. And that was okay. I mean, we were just married and we just were like went out all the time. That's fine. And but we knew we spent a lot on going out to eat, but that was a huge eye opener. And it was kind of embarrassing. We were like, no, <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. We maybe thought like $500 a month. Oh, no, no. It was way more than that. Okay. So just be prepared to be awkwardly surprised in some way or shape or form. <laughs> Dave Ramsey also has an app called Every Dollar that will track your spending as well. So if you are ready to get off the exit, <laughs> to turn that GPS on and get going in the right direction, tracking is your goal until we get together again in five weeks. All right, guys, we are going to wrap this episode up. I hope this gave you a different perspective on finances. If you are struggling with finances, I hope this gave you some encouragement. And if you are doing well with finances, I hope this encouraged you to keep stewarding your money well and to also open your eyes to those around you who may not be quite where you are. And I hope it gave you some ideas on how you could support them. One of my favorite quotes is this, shame dies when stories are told in safe places. Let's be that safe place. And don't forget, 
as you go into this week, whatever goal you are crushing or whatever area you are struggling with, you are already enough. If you would like a simple budget sheet that I have created to break down your spending into specific categories, I feel make it easier for the next step, which is creating a budget, head on over to www.simsarrows.com and sign up for the Legacy Through Motherhood email list. If you are already signed up, you will automatically get an email with this in it for this week. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at legacy underscore through underscore motherhood. And hop on into the Facebook group called the Legacy Through Motherhood Community with Stephanie Sims. Join me next week as we start our conversation on faith. We will be tackling the question of why kids are leaving the physical church in the masses and how you could potentially stop that from happening with your children. I am so excited to continue to walk this journey with you to help you find your grit while completely covering you in grace.